2: Welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast with Dr. Raj Dasgupta, a show all about educating patients, students, and aspiring doctors about better patient care. Dr. Raj is a quadruple board certified physician and associate professor at the University of Southern California. He was a co-host of the TNT series, Chasing the Cure with Ann Curry, as well as a regular on the TV show, The Doctors. And now here's our show.
1: So let's talk, keep on talking about the ICU stuff. One of the favorite things that they ask on board exams, mm-hmm. and I'm sure even the general public here heard this word before. Anaphylaxis. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where me and you kind of yes. team up together. Yes. Definitely a form of distributive shock that you don't want. And mm-hmm. really some horrible things can happen there. So in general, the can um how would you how does so people know how does anaphylaxis present okay you know what i mean so
0: anaphylaxis actually has three definitions oh okay so one is like dr raj was talking mm-hmm. about right you take a medicine and your blood pressure starts to fall then most people by that point start feeling lightheaded they know something's amiss right yep. and that's anaphylaxis right being hypotensive the other one is if your throat is closing, what we call laryngeal edema, that's anaphylaxis. Fun fact number three is if you have two symptom involvement. So let's say you took amoxicillin and you all of a sudden
1: now have wheezing in hives. Mm-hmm. That's anaphylaxis. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. Now, I always thought that the most common organ involved with anaphylaxis Was skin. Is that still correct? So can I do skin and wheezing? Yes. Anaphylaxis? Correct. Wow. All right. I like that. that I did not know that. Let's say we'll make it for the general public Mm -hmm. right now. And they have, you know, wheezing and skin reaction or God forbid their blood pressure drop. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they'll know that, but they just, what should they do?
0: You call 911. Well said. You call 911. Most people, I would say first line is always treating yourself with an epi right? Mm-hmm. But not everyone has an EpiPen at home. So if you're feeling it right, you just call it over.
1: Let me ask you, you may not know the answer to this. So I feel bad asking. No, ask so me. how many people was I'm sure the first presentation for anaphylaxis is it just presents, you know, you're not expecting it. It just happens. Do most people die, pass away from their first episode of anaphylaxis? They don't make it to the ER?
0: No, I don't know the statistic off the top of my head, but most people do not.
1: That's good.
0: That's very good, right? Yes. Most people are generally, more often than not, your initial reaction will not be an anaphylactic episode to something. Right? Yeah. And it's dose dependent on how much you take, right? So I would say most people, amazingly, even when they have an anaphylactic episode, are very on top of getting to the ER.
1: Okay. And
0: they get there.
1: Because I think the stories I hear a lot of are people who are diagnosed with anaphylaxis and they carry the EpiPen. Right. And I can't say enough that one of my pearls or my teaching in my pillows, if someone with the anaphylaxis even yes. as them, yes. what is this tiny yes. symptom? Yes. Inject. Yes. So that's what I'm wondering. Yes. Does most people die because yeah. they, you know?
0: Yeah, right? because right it takes when your body starts reacting it yeah. takes a while right yeah when you, i'm just going to start with the highest right yeah when you first get highs and you feel short of breath you yeah. have a little bit of time the problem is if people choose to ignore those symptoms and like go to
1: sleep and then like wake up to see if it's there in the morning oh my god yeah i'm sure there are people like that there are people yeah like that. so let's talk about uh Two less common drug allergies, you know what I mean? And I wrote that in my notes and I put this is for my, my medical students mm-hmm. and healthcare professionals, yeah. you know? So there's something called serum sickness. Yeah. Let's talk about that first. So yeah. I don't want to mix the temp. What is serum sickness? And you got to make it simple for okay. us to, okay? So
0: serum sickness is when the body sees, let's say, a medication we'll use and it starts making like antibodies start clumping, mm-hmm. right? And then you can have different manifestations to it, whether it's skin rash, which is actually a fun fact, like a purple colored rash. Okay. You can have liver involvement, kidney involvement. Luckily, we don't get a lot of serum sickness as much. What we actually get is something called serum sickness-like reaction. <laughs> serum sickness-like reaction, we actually don't know the official pathophysiology mm-hmm. for. It's a little tricky I actually had someone, it was like my first month at Keck, she came in, and she came in to me, and she actually received a vaccine, so it's not quite a drug. And she was like, I don't know, I keep getting hives that don't go away. I caught this vaccine, and they keep putting me on prednisone, and I finally decided I should come see you. And she saw me. She was having a serum sickness-like reaction.
1: So let me take a step back, Mm -hmm. because now I'm getting a little lost. Mm -hmm. So... Can anything cause serum sickness or, or, or are there certain triggers? There are certain things that specifically yeah. cause it. Serum sickness
0: specifically yeah. can be vaccines, can be drugs. Kids are notorious for getting serum
1: sickness due to drugs. So are anything we? can anything can I mean, cause it. Can. But, but it's not a common but manifestation. it's not a
0: common manifestation. It's okay. more of the rare manifestation. But your
1: buzzwords as an allergist are vaccines.
0: I would say vaccine and drug. Right. Vaccine and drug. Kind of think about it if someone comes in for serum sickness because we have the immunoglobulins clumping in places. Hence
1: the word serum.
0: Hence the word serum. Okay. And if you catch it immediately, technically another immune cell called the complement. Okay. Should be low.
1: Okay. People
0: can have manifestations within, like their kidneys. So sometimes you see something if you do a urine test. Yeah. Right. But I would say we always check the blood counts, we check urine, we check complements,
1: right? So is that what's the diagnostic criteria if you want to diagnose it?
0: Um there's a, specifically, it's not a specific diagnostic. So criteria. it's hard to it's diagnose harder. that you go based on the time frame and the okay. reaction, right? If someone yeah. has a rash, yeah, and they're telling you like I did um, back in the day, they used to give horse serum. Like
1: oh, I don't, I don't think we should do that anymore. It just sounds we don't, <laughs> wrong. We don't do it. we like treating
0: people like anti venoms yep. and horse, and you would react to those. So okay. serum sickness used to be a lot more prominent. We don't get it as much now. We get much more serum sickness-like like. reactions.
1: because. Of that is it supportive care?
0: In. It is supportive care. Okay, Like all things, right? It depends like on the like severity, right? Yeah. If someone's having a little bit of a mild reaction... Let's say their skin is involved, right? Okay. You can give antihistamines. If it's really severe, you can give steroids, right? Okay. Obviously, the treatment for that is never, ever take that agent again. Yeah. Right? If you have a serum sickness-like reaction or serum
1: sickness. No, so I feel good because it's one of those things where we know the words right. as doctors right. and medical students and residents, but I don't think I could spot it out because right, it you, doesn't I have think, a classic,
0: right, you know? I think you'd be okay at it. Like, it's not you one are of You a those, nicest. No, I'm no, no. But I think me. most people, it's not one of those, <laughs> like... I think the harder ones are like, let's say someone takes something and they're mildly itchy, right? Yeah, those are the harder things because people are always like, "Was it? Wasn't?" Okay, if things are clumping within your body and your organs. So
1: you get target organ damage. You can get
0: target organ damage. The skin's involved. Kidneys can be involved. So
1: it's clumping in the blood flow going to the kidneys.
0: Kind of. It's IgG. Okay. okay. Technically, your immunoglobulin mm-hmm. goes and clumps, and it can okay. go on the hide in the kidneys. And yeah. Hide in different places. So people, it's not very, like, obscure, like, itching, was it, wasn't it?
1: Now, what about this one? It's called DRESS. Right.
0: That's the one we alluded yeah. to earlier. And we love,
1: you know, we, we do love acronyms. Yeah. You know what I mean? So DRESS stands for, for drug rash with eosinophilia and systemic symptoms. Yeah. I mean, how do you break that down? And can anyone so, get DRESS? And what are the triggers? You so tactically,
0: I mean? we have specific alleles that they're narrowing down, which yep. are specific things on our genes that make some people more predisposed, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Vanderbilt's actually doing did a lot of studies on that, and they've narrowed it down for certain things, certain medicines. Before your doctor gives it, for the alleles they know, they check for. Right? Okay. Um, anti-convulsants. A lot of times, they check for those alleles in specific people before. They oh, like it. a
1: phenytoin, right, valproic right. acid, keppra, all those kind right. of things. Okay. Um, yep. We don't
0: have it for every medicine. Yep. So usually, this reaction is one that you'll take the medicine, and it happens around two weeks
1: later. Mm. Um, okay. So there's a time frame involved. A time frame. Okay.
0: So you'll take a medicine, two weeks later, you'll start getting drug fever. Okay. Right? RASH. Um, if they do blood counts on you, you have eosinophils. A
1: specific type a specific of white allergy blood allergy cell, cell white blood gets cell up there, okay. Up yeah. there,
0: you'll have end organ damage. What does that mean? Liver numbers can go up, kidney numbers can go up, right? Okay. And they're seeing that these reactions done by our T cells. Okay. Are kind of infiltrating the body more.
1: So these two things. I don't want to lose anyone. So serum sickness, dress I mean anyone can get it, right? You know what I mean. That's thing from any drug we talk about. But they're not the most common things, correct. correct? And most of the things going way back to the beginning because I was paying attention right. to everything yes. is adverse reactions most to drugs. Adverse. Make sure it's an allergy, right? And if it's an allergy, you know what I mean. Thank God, not many people go all the way to anaphylaxis, correct? And rule number one, no matter what it is. If you think you're allergic, stop the drug.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Oh, man, this is great. So, okay, back to questions that were sent to me for you. Okay, this is from all my listeners, all right? If I'm allergic to one, oh, they loves it. If I'm allergic to one beta-lactam, you mean? Such as penicillin, beta-lactam drugs, should I avoid them all?
0: Yes, until you can be evaluated because we can definitively check, but without knowing the person's prior history to the medicine, right? Let's say you took one and you had dressed. Okay. Without knowing, we can't definitively say, yeah, you're next. So,
1: let's go back to me in my Mm -hmm. clinic. So, I, you know, everyone nowadays is augmented. Mm -hmm. I think my little girl got augmented because I see she had a little tightness media, you know. So, let's say, you know, a couple weeks later, she had a reaction to augmentin, whatever it is, nothing too bad. Should I give her the keflex a week later or should i send her to you first to I make sure i
0: always come to allergy and be cleared. Right? okay we have ways we can clear you we do skin testing depending on what it is the graded challenge because i'll tell you the hard part let's tell say me. you take something and this happens to me more often than not yep. someone takes something at home and they're like i took it and then i was itchy i wasn't there to see the itching was it within the time frame was it not because we'll all have to know. check you anyway yeah right so then that way we definitively clear you in the office mm-hmm. and then I can be like, yes, you can take it.
1: I like that. And now, do you think most people take it seriously that they didn't know you're, you're available? That's what allergists do when it comes this to these things? This is what
0: most allergists do. Well, I mean, most academic allergists for sure will do it. Yeah. I definitively do it. Sometimes an outpatient penicillin is easy to obtain, but some yeah. of the other medications may take a little bit more work, but Alleras
1: definitely can do this. Now, how about this one? So, aspirin. You know, new guidelines, broad strokes. Not everyone yeah. needs to be on aspirin, yeah. which I totally agree I'm on. So, question is I'm allergic to aspirin. Should I avoid all what they call non-steroidals? And so I guess that's ibuprofen, yes. the advils, and aprisins, yeah. or something called a COX-2. And for the general public, Cox 2 inhibitors are are kind of like non-steroidals, but they don't damage and give you ulcers in your stomach right. as much. So How would you address that?
0: Technically, anyone who is allergic to a COX-1 inhibitor, i.e. let's say aspirin and its relatives, should be able to tolerate a COX-2 inhibitor like Mm cellulose. Saying that, though, I always tell people, if you have a doubt, let's say, and you don't know, come in for a great (laughs) challenge. It's a two-hour fast way to know.
1: So aspirin allergy they want to take ibuprofen would you risk it or say come see you first
0: i would say come see me first i have nice. patients too and i'll tell you why i yep. have patients who can be let's say ibuprofen yeah you can technically be allergic to ibuprofen and tolerate other NSAIDs you can be allergic to a single NSAID or you could be allergic to the whole class interesting And without officially checking someone you don't know
1: okay no i like playing it safe and <laughs> I wonder where this one came from. Have you heard of a steroid allergy?
0: Yes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. 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 Are you yes,
1: sure? Yes. I think my patients are making it no, up when they, they say are that. Right.
0: You cannot. Okay. So you can, so fun fact about steroids for the type one reactions we talked about, they don't all cross react with each other. So someone comes in and they tell me they're allergic to one, we do skin testing, we do deeper skin tests and we find alternative agents. I've actually had two pet pa- two patients within the last month come in for steroid allergies. Really?
1: Were they real allergies? And what was it? What was the reaction?
0: One, one of them, actually, yeah, both of them were real allergies and we found alternatives. One of them was rash. And the other one was hives.
1: And for those who don't understand why I find this interesting, I kind of chuckle a little bit. Steroids are kind of like what we use when you have it's bad true, allergic right? reactions. Unless
0: you're giving someone what they're allergic <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, right? which is weird. And then another fun fact, you can have um, like a rash to steroids as a type okay. 4 reaction. And they don't all cross react with each other.
1: And I know the answer but I want to hear it from you. And not all steroids are made equally. Correct. So a dexamethasone, a prednisone, a solumedrol, It's it's not weird to be allergic to hydrocortisone, but not solumedrol.
0: Right, because the body becomes allergic to what it saw. So okay. let's say your doctor doctor keeps giving you prednisone 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 and you yeah. never got dexamethasone how are you gonna become allergic so to let it? me
1: put you on the spot ask me i'm allergic to, i'm not <laughs> to a steroid okay what do you treat me with besides stomping it
0: well let's say you immediately need something
1: right i immediately need
0: something we desensitize you
1: okay so you put me in a hospital we setting put you in a
0: hospital and we give you little doses okay. of whatever let's say you i don't know we'll make something up but let's say you have a rash and you need 40 of prednisone okay then we desensitize you before of pregnancy.
1: Simple as that. But have you seen uh, anyone get anaphylaxis from a steroid?
0: It can happen, but I haven't seen it yet.
1: I haven't. I'm now just that like, I've
0: said it, it'll probably happen, but I haven't seen it yet.
1: No, you're getting me excited about these questions. Good job, listeners.
2: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Okay, you kind of mentioned this already. So someone just wants to mention about uh, sulfa drugs. Are they like Super high on the common list for re- drug reactions so, and allergies and all that kind of stuff. A little
0: bit more notorious for T cell reactions, but newer data shows. Um, that you can actually, if let's say you had hives to sulfa, just like penicillin, you can lose your sulfa allergy with skin test. to it. Oh, chocolate. and
1: you said it happens with penicillin too, right? Yeah. You lose that, right? I guess for for like my docs out there and healthcare, you know, providers, I always get a little worried about giving bactrim. You know, what I mean, for UTIs, I'm like, well, I want to get a sulfa allergy for it. You I know think what I mean? So. I
0: think- <laughs> Right. I mean, I think all of us, I mean, I've had patients who've had Mm -hmm. Stephen Johnson syndrome of sulfur, right? Yeah. I used to work with a cardiologist when I was an intern who had two patients have really severe reactions from sulfur. So he never prescribed them, right? Yeah. So I hate to say it, but I think as physicians, whether we want to be or not, we're a little biased based on what reactions we've seen, right? But most people don't have such severe reactions. What's
1: more common, a penicillin reaction or a sulfur?
0: I think it depends. More people will have T cell reactions to sulfa than to penicillin. Okay, but people prescribe penicillin more frequently,
1: Ooh, right? Look at you with the nice right so, response. Okay, so it's hard to say apples for apples because right. penicillin is so, it's common. so common and
0: people feel so comfortable prescribing yeah. it.
1: So anyway, hey, I'm going to be self-serving once again. So I do sleep medicine. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, thanks, man. So one of the drugs I use for narcolepsy and these hypersomnias is uh, modafinil. Okay. Provigil. You know, there's a little sulfa-sulfa in there. So have you ever got, seen any patients who re- reacted to yeah, modafinil? None modafinil? Come okay. in. I don't
0: think it's impossible either. Sometimes they forget. That's good. Right? But now that I'm actually good, because died. I give
1: it like candy, you know what I mean. So I'm I'm happy. And just you know? as a
0: fun fact, although everyone yeah. should be checked, not all sulfonamides are created equally. Okay. If you're allergic to a sulfur antibiotic, it's yeah. different than a non antibiotic,
1: ah. right? So
0: a common question we get a
1: lot is, "Someone has a bactrim allergy. Can they mm-hmm. take Lasix?" And the answer and is the answer is yes. So you kind of read my mind because I, I remember in school, there's a loop diuretic that no one ever uses. Yes, called...
0: ethacrynic acid. Yeah. Yes!
1: <laughs> in the theory, if you've got to give a loop diuretic and they're sulfa-allergic, give ethacrynic acid. Yes. Have you ever seen someone get a sulfa-allergy reaction to Lasix, ferosamide? I've had
0: patients actually react to Lasix itself and I've had to give ethacrynic acid. Really? Fun fact. And <laughs> then they were able to tolerate back. <laughs> Because right, they were reacting to the latex. Oh, I love
1: that! So, I love that. One of my listeners wants to know about: they have an egg allergy. Should uh, she, the she, okay. be worried about vaccines?
0: It depends on what vaccine specifically, right? So different vaccines have different components of egg in them.
1: Do they all have eggs? Not all of them.
0: No, we have like lists like yellow fever has egg. Everyone may have a little. Do you
1: have to memorize that for your boards? We did. We had
0: to actually memorize it for the allergy boards.
1: Doesn't the flu shot have egg in it?
0: Yes, but it's so negligible. We don't actually even, if someone's even egg anaphylactic. Because
1: I think they put this questionnaire because it's wintertime and flu shots. It's not
0: contraindicated. We actually had an allergy practice parameter. Oh my God. I think when I was a fellow that came out, that's like, Give the vaccine if they're egg allergic, you don't have to hold the flu shot. Depending on the reaction, you can monitor for up to thirty minutes. What I do is it depends one on the reaction and two on the parent, right? Yeah. Especially because if their kids are little and they're really scared, I say just hang out know, in my office for thirty minutes,
1: right? So let's make it just like the reality. So there's some everyone should still get their flu shot right yes, now. Still get, get their, their flu, flu shot. shot, and let's say they're filling out the form mm-hmm. they hand you, and mm-hmm. it says, "Oh, you may have an egg allergy. Mm-hmm. Would you say in that case just get the flu, shot, the flu shot and maybe just hang around a little just bit hang longer? Around a little bit, okay?
0: Technically, the only one we recommend that you you get skin tested for based on egg allergy is yellow fever, and that's for most people that are like traveling. We don't normally yeah. give
1: yellow fever vaccines, commonly. yeah. And I, you know, what man, and once again, you know, travel medicine, yes, it goes under the radar here in the yes, United States. Yes. You know, we, we do worry about what we're going through now, but dengue fever, yes. yellow fever, malaria. Yes, yes. Oh my god, now let me put you on the spot. Yes. Do you know there's a uh, malaria vaccine?
0: Yes, I only found out because I had a patient who inadvertently thought I was travel medicine at Tech and came to me to receive, like, this plethora of vaccines.
1: Oh, really? And I was like,
0: I'm not travel medicine, but since you're here, let me answer any questions you have. Sure, yeah. So we went through the different vaccines, and then later that, I think, week, they made a like appointment with travel medicine, and they got their pokes.
1: And it was, you know, this malaria vaccine is not available in the United States. And it's only to falciparum, yes. but it's amazing. You know, we're so caught up in being in yes. the United States. This is huge. Yes. So you just got. When you mentioned yellow fever, I, I just kind of yes. got me on my little pedestal right there about talking about it. Now, what about ACE inhibitors? For those who don't know what an ACE inhibitor is, those are drugs that we use for heart failure and blood pressure. Drugs like lisinopril or captopril or ramipril they causing cough and yes. swelling of the lips. So Are this common, cough, not common? Cough you is see? very common. Yeah. It's an adverse
0: effect of an ACE Ah, inhibitor.
1: all right. Yes. Okay. If you have
0: cough, <clears throat> you can obviously stop it depending on how bothersome the cough. is. a so fun fact. Hmm? My father was on an ACE inhibitor and had cough to it. <laughs> and the cough was so bothersome for him. He stopped it. He's on an ARB now. Okay. He's doing fine. But for anyone who has angioedema to an ACE inhibitor, that is an absolute contraindication. You should never be on an ACE inhibitor again.
1: Tell the public what's angioedema.
0: Angioedema is that swelling we talked about, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say your lip is swollen, your eye is swollen, your ear is swollen, your hand is swollen. Swelling, hard swelling. It's not a soft swelling. Usually Mm -hmm. it's a hard swelling. Your throat is swelling. Never, ever, ever, ever. If you have a question of whether something is swelling, take a picture. I always say pictures are worth a thousand words.
1: Stop the medicine and then see. And you know what people should do? If you Google just angioedema, yes. it's scary.
0: It is scary. And it's not always that severe. Okay. Right? I've had people come in with like uh, like one eye will be swollen mm-hmm. from angioedema. right? And then I'm like, let me you know because I've had people confuse different kinds of swelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you show me, then I can definitively tell you, right? The internet shows the super scary most oh, severe. You can have more mild form, but even if it's mild, you should still stop the medicine.
1: Oh, 100%. And, you know, for and the take-home message, because we, meaning me and you, there are different types right, of right. angioedema, you know? And I think the most common is the allergic one, Correct. right? But once in a while, yes. like the ACE inhibitor one or a family type... Yes. All that stuff we talked about earlier, some histamines, mm-hmm. some steroids, they don't do nothing for those.
0: Correct. For individuals who yeah. specifically have either the ACE inhibitor or the like familial kinds, we call it hereditary angioedema. We have type 1, 2, 3, depending on the protein that's low, the C1 esterase, it's mm-hmm. either protein function or autosomal dominant genetic. On the third one, we have a family history for. We actually have specific medicines that treat the components that are
1: low. And that's scary and because that scary. if someone has it, God yes. forbid. Yes. Tell me if I'm wrong, but if they just get swelling or flare or mm-hmm. swelling of the tongue on an airplane, and they don't have their stuff on them, that could be life threatening, right? Correct. Because you could EpiPen and right and right. steroid all you want, right? So it's oh my god, you know what I mean? So take a message for the the people like and point zero you might not even know what you have
0: right so okay. all is one so for instance if someone comes in and they're just telling me they have angioedema yeah um we take the history do you respond do you not respond and we still actually check them for hereditary causes okay i had one patient this is a super rare i don't even know how often this happens had both oh and i was oh my like, god oh my it's so god. confusing so so
1: they double inject
0: so, well we have to treat for the hereditary <laughs> okay causes. yeah we
1: they're allergic
0: yeah. to her, but otherwise
1: you never know is that your jam do you take care of hereditary we angioedema we do take care of hereditary angioedema okay no, there's yeah. not many doctors that do that we so i will remember you remember for that. me yeah um,
0: when i actually where i trained one of my mentors is really big in the
1: hereditary angioedema world so we saw a lot of them that no that, that is awesome oh on side note just true story so my wife michelle she's amazing rheumatologist and she loves marathoner that's okay. that's her jam, you know. I'll never it's never forget this. It was around maybe like seven, eight years ago. She was running in here in LA. You know, she's from the East Coast, but we moved here together to be in LA. And um, she got diagnosed with exercise-induced angioedema oh I never mm-hmm. thought of you ever if you ever heard of that before. Yes, yes. Yeah, she was running and then her. She had trouble hearing and her ear cows got yeah. swollen. Yeah. So it's crazy. There's even subtypes. So we'll
0: talk a little bit about just this has nothing to do with the drugs, but we'll yep. go through cofactors that okay. make like anaphylaxis worse. Just do so, it. Ibuprofen, motrin, aspirin, exaggerate, Nsets. Okay. Exercise. Alcohol. Ah. So a lot of times if someone is having an allergic reaction. They'll take like ibuprofen or something and it yeah. can make it worse. You were specifically talking about exercise-induced yeah. anaphylaxis. We have a subset of that called food-dependent exercise-induced anaphylaxis. Really? Which is a super fun fact. <laughs> like they normally can tolerate the food, but if they eat the food and then exercise, they will react to that food.
1: Oh, my God. Yes. And this is why we need you thank you, know you what like i mean like, thank god are not things, the most common yeah, you know fun things for people <laughs> to be aware of right so you know there are non-allergic drug reactions right so i mean we're only talking about allergic drug reactions right. what is a non-allergic drug reaction what drugs cause a non-allergic drug reaction I
0: think it depends right so, yeah like we break allergic drug reactions into like the IgE. Type, like the type four. Mm-hmm. So anything to me, I would say that has some kind of immune system would be allergic, but I think most people break allergic and non as like IgE versus not. Okay.
1: Right? And IgE being the big culprit, being a big
0: culprit. Okay. And then let's say you take a medicine and you get a rash. I think some people
1: just take it as a non allergic, right? And is there some specific drugs that like to go down that pathway a little bit more of the non allergic ones non-allergic,
0: that like the non. So if like you had to some, memorize
1: some stuff for the USM, the United States medicalizing stuff, there. yeah.
0: Um, the uh, like phenytoin, okay i would say allopurinol can do it um sulfa right causing those
1: kind of reactions and how so would I, you know as a clinician that it's not allergic would you have to check an ige to that drug the
0: reaction so someone comes in and yeah. they're like seven days later i broke into a rash that was itchy To me, that's a non-IgE mediated because IgE happens somewhere between usually two, but up to six hours later,
1: Uh right? After the second exposure?
0: After the second exposure.
1: Ah, so I'm I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. So let's talk about some risk factors, okay? So I know you mentioned a bunch of these. Risk factors for getting a drug reaction are going to be, watch what you take, the alcohol. Mm -hmm. Exercise. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else like, as far as is it good getting good family history? You know what I, I mean?
0: mean. Family history lets you know not. It's not a one to one like oh drug allergies. I mean the HLA is the T cell one you yeah. talked about. Okay, for sure, if but you check there. those things. But no, I mean yeah. some of them we do. But that okay. whole like who you check it for. Okay. But family history, right? What yeah. you check for is someone who has more drug allergies. It's more likely like the people that come in and I'm sure you've seen that yep. have like 15 things. Written, right? Oh, my God. They're more likely to be allergic. to more That's funny. Right. Yeah. Um, if someone is taking medications for a chronic illness. OK. Obviously, more courses predispose you to being exposed and exposure will
1: predispose you
0: to becoming allergic. Sure. Right? Um,
1: how about how about gender? How about. You know BMI or how about ethnicities? Any of those things play a role? I would
0: say specifically not to get too into it. Females are a
1: little bit more predisposed. Okay, because right? I have curiosity. Out um, of curiosity. Okay. And question: If you have a drug allergy, mm-hmm. any useful tips? And this is going to be from a, a listener to prevent complications in the future. And I guess to give an example, like should I wear like a, a medical alert tag or something like that? You mean.
0: I think one, it depends on what your reaction is. Right. Okay. Um, And the propensity normally, well, because for instance, for food, right. What's the issue with food? People can react with food and no Mm -hmm. one can know you're allergic and how to treat you more often than not. I say, you can put it somewhere in like your pocket, a mm-hmm. wallet card. Europe actually is notorious for people having wallet cards with their medication allergies. Listed. Oh, it hasn't caught on in the U.S. as much. That's except, actually super But I think it's super smart. useful, yeah. for heaven forbid, for like if a car accident happens yeah. and they want to treat you with something that's more common, yeah. then it may be worth knowing, right? Depending on what you're of allergic course. to. Yeah. But I would say it depends, right? I I have a hard enough time convincing people to get like alert bracelets for food.
1: So so let's say you do your workup and Mm -hmm. you find out we talk so much about Mm -hmm. penicillin, they're penicillin allergic. Right? Do you kind of put your foot down? You need a a bracelet.
0: I say if you don't want a bracelet, put it in your phone, put it in your wallet, some kind of. And sometimes I tell people if you don't want to specifically list it, you can just put like allergic.
1: Okay. Right? So if you
0: don't want the whole world to know, okay. um, you can just put it. And usually they'll check the wallet. They'll check something that has allergies listed. Luckily, we don't get drugs like more often than not like hidden or like something. No one's going to yep. secretly give you an ibuprofen if you're alert and oriented without you knowing. Right. Like it's not like it's something like a food that can be hidden and it could be mistaken.
1: So, you know, since we're getting to the end, you know, within allergy immunology, how did you find passion for drug reaction and drug allergies? It shows it right now with your answers and your fun facts. You could have gone into a lot of different know, things. Have, right? Yeah.
0: When I was a fellow, I was it was like my first weekend on call as a fellow. And we had a patient who had a reaction to chemo, right? And they sent the patient, and they were right. The whole point of giving a medication is that there's no alternatives. The Brigham, i.e. Harvard. Published that specifically for chemo, this came years after I was a fellow, but that using second line agents is not as good for the patient long-term sure. data. Sure. So I was a fellow and this patient was allergic to his chemo and they came to me and they were like, you need to find a way to give him this. Right. This is like my second week in the hospital, right? <laughs> like and I was like, oh, my goodness, what do I do? Yeah. So I started looking in the literature and I found all these publications of desensitization. Right. So then we got him his medicine, we desensitized him, he tolerated it. And that's how it started.
1: That's a great story. Oh, you know what I mean? And, and I like that, you know. So with with that being said, you know. This is going to be our last question together. I'm already tearing up a little bit, so, which is you know, if someone, anyone, whether it be healthcare professional or the general public wants to learn more about drug allergies or even you because okay. they find you kind of interesting, um, what is the best way to contact you in well, I'm definitely
0: on, I would say, the Keck website, so you can easily send me an email. That my Keck email is assault.naderi at med.usc.edu. If that's way too hard to remember, you can just literally find me on LinkedIn. I'm on there too. Send me a message. I love drug allergy. My whole goal is to educate. We have national websites too. If you just want to learn more about allergy, it's A-A-A-I-A-C-A-A-I. You can literally type it into Google (laughs) and the websites on allergies will come up and they actually have information for like healthcare providers, the lay public, if you just want to learn a little bit more or interested.
1: And I will say this, because you're right in front of me. You know, everyone, I wish I could just film this. She is so oh, passionate about is. this. Her fun facts, she really, truly enjoys giving I knew, them. I think it is fun. <laughs> and I want to tell you, I mean, your patients are lucky to have
0: you. Oh, you're so sweet. And
1: I'm lucky to have you you're being so teamed sweet. in our books. So we're going to do this again. Does that yeah, sound okay? Absolutely. You know what could be a fun one between us? I'm just going to point this out of nowhere asthma
0: oh asthma super fun
1: Let, let's do one together yes
0: and we have a lot of fun and you know this we have a lot of more fun treatments for asthma than we've that's ever that's what i'm before. saying it
1: would be kind of interesting my perspective yes. being a lung doctor and your perspective because yes. we shouldn't like we should team up more instead of like is that what the allergist did? Is that what the pulmonologist did? Yeah. Let's let's yeah, do let's one let's together. Do it. Let's All right, do it. cool. So everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's Dr. Raj podcast. You know what? She did such a great job. I might even put her on my Beyond the Pearls podcast so we could have her tips help out our medical professionals and medical students. And remember, if you think you have a drug allergy, stop that drug, seek help, and stay tuned for more episodes of the Dr. Raj podcast.
2: Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. Our producers are Madison Linden and Chris Brightigan. Our executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Ars Longa, vita brevis.